today we're going to be talking about covenant relationship again. And so as Pastor Sonny talked about last week, we did in week one our series of Together Again. We want to focus in this series on what it means for us to actually build covenant with each other. How can we actually be a covenant community? How can we really love each other and walk together? It's this thing that we always talk about, but I feel like sometimes it's really hard to do in reality. You know what I mean? And so I will tell you a quick story because I've been a recipient of covenant relationship, and I also understand how difficult it is. And so actually, I didn't grow up in this church. Uh, Some of you might not know that. So um, I actually grew up in another church in San Francisco where my parents still go. Uh, I've been a church baby. So my parents found the Lord when they were in college. And so I was born into that, you know. And so I was like a roomie, if you will. And I've been around in church. And so for the first 30 years of my life, I was at, uh, at, at my parents' home church which was my home church. And so uh, I won't tell you the whole story, but 2016, basically, I came, I heard PB preach, the spirit fell, and the Lord called us to leave. When I say us, it's me and my wife, to leave the church, the only church that we knew. And so uh, we said, okay, Lord. So we obeyed. Two weeks later, (laughs) we told our pastors at our current church that we were leaving. And so we created a a transition plan. And I think about a month later, we were attending, um, back then, uh, Sons and Daughters in San Francisco. And so I want you to know that the first time that I walked in, yeah. it was hard. I understand. Yeah. You walk into a room, and you don't know anybody. Yeah. And that was weird for me because I always grew up at church, right? Uh, like, like yeah. everyone always knows me, right? Yeah. Like, I'm that baby that everyone changed their diaper, but I don't know who yeah. you are. Yeah. But they're like, oh, I changed your diaper. I watched you. And I'm like, okay, that's awkward. That's weird, right? <laughs> and so it was always easy for me at my yeah. parents' church because yeah. everyone knew, oh, you're Charlie and Susie's son. Yeah. That was easy. But this is the first time I literally walked into a room and I didn't know anybody. Yeah. And it was so hard. I was so scared. I remember we used to have, do you guys remember we used to have coffee? Yeah. I feel like we should do like a commercial, like things that we used to have before COVID. Yeah. So remember we used to have coffee bar? Yeah. So I was like, oh, here, there's something for me to do while I awkwardly try to find myself in this room. So I like quickly grabbed coffee. And I remember I just like walked to the end of the coffee bar yeah. and I just stood there. I froze. Like I didn't know what to do yeah. after I got my coffee and like my little like, I don't know, muffin or whatever. And I was just like, now what? (laughs) I don't know anybody in this room. And so I want to talk about how do we actually, I'll give you the end of the story. It ends well. I'm obviously still here. So, but I want to tell you, how do we actually build real relationship with one another? Real friendship. And we talk about it all the time, but it's such a difficult thing to actually do. But I want you to know that it's so powerful if we can actually harness the secret. And I want to talk about Jesus this morning because Jesus actually mastered this, but it's not in the way that you think. So I got to give you a quick lesson on Greek, okay? And so in the Bible, the most commonly used word in Greek for friend is philos. But you have to know something about that word. That word is not used the way that you think. It's used 29 times in the New Testament, but it's used in a variety of ways. It's used in so many different situations. I'll give you an example. One is when Jesus tells the parable of the lost coin, and he says that when the woman finds the coin, she rejoices, and she calls her friends to celebrate with her. So that's one example. There's another example in the prodigal son when, at the very end, spoiler alert, the older brother is upset. And he goes to his father and says, Father, you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my Friends, I'll give you a last one. It's even weirder. This one, I love this example. Same word, okay? Same word in Greek, philos, used every single time. The third one is actually to describe the relationship between Herod and Pilate. Isn't that weird? 
That's so weird. So Herod is the king of Israel during Jesus' lifetime. But Pilate is the Roman governor. So he, so Herod is sort of like the guy who takes care of the local stuff. And then like the Roman governor is kind of like the big honcho who's over them. And it said that they were friends after they had tried Jesus during that, that, that week during the Sabbath when Jesus was crucified. So it's not kind of weird. It's the same word used all three times. So what does that tell us? That actually tells us that the word philos has a very wide semantic range. That's just a very fancy seminary term for saying it has lots of definitions. So we don't know quite what it means. But doesn't this ring true in our hearts? That even today when we use the word friend, it means a lot of things. Like for you, you could call someone a friend. But for me, I might not call that person a friend. I might call them an acquaintance. I might call them something else. Or even for your really good friend, you might call them a friend, but I might call them a brother. Or a sister. So isn't it different? Isn't it interesting? But it rings true in our hearts, right? That even now, even in today, the semantic range for the word friend is very wide. It's just that in antiquity, in in the ancient world, it's even wider. That it could describe a business friend, a business transaction, a business client, an assistant, even a counselor, even an advisor to the king was called a friend of the king. So I'm telling you all of this because I want you to know from now on, when you read the Bible and you hear the word friend, you have to be very careful because it's not friend, friend the way that you think. But it's very different. So the key to understanding is that we must read the context very carefully. Otherwise, we're going to misinterpret what Jesus is talking about when he talks about friendship. Okay? So we have to make sure we understand how it's spoken back then and be very careful about what is actually translatable and universal. Okay? And so I'm going to bring you a passage in John 15, verse 12 to 17. But when you read it, I want you to be careful how we use the word friend. Okay? So, where's my Bible? Oh, no, it's in my other pocket. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right, here we go. So if you have it with you, we're going to be in John 15, verse 12 to 17. And here's what Jesus says. He's speaking. I'll tell you the context really quickly, the situation. This is Jesus at the Last Supper with his disciples. And he has just washed their feet. And he's about to give them a really powerful last teaching before he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, before he's betrayed. So he saves his most important words for them in this moment, before they all experience most likely the hardest three days of their lives. Okay? So this is Jesus. He's speaking to his disciples in the upper room. And he says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. So it's interesting, yeah? Jesus uses the word friends three times in this passage. But I want to tell you something. Before we even get into this, I want to set your expectation for what we can actually draw from this about friends. I want you to know that this passage, actually, is actually way, way, way deeper than beyond friends. Okay, it's, this passage is so powerful. It's after he talks about being abiding in him and, you know, I am the true vine and you are the yeah, branches. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. but I'm just going to pull out parts that are applicable to his friendship 
with the disciples. Now, even in that, I want you to realize something. Do you realize that he called his disciples friends? But they're his disciples. So let me ask you a question. Which are they? Are they his disciples or are they his friends? What's your question? Yeah. Thanks, P.S. Or Pastor Sonny. They're both. But do you know what the biggest problem is at church? We can't handle that, that tension. Huh. Yeah. I'll prove it to you. The biggest thing, in my, in my honest opinion, is that for us, and whether we, we've done it unintentionally, is that we compartmentalize yeah. our social spheres. Yeah. That when you walk into church, you call these people in this room your church friends. Yeah. And then, <laughs> wow, that's a lot of reaction from this side. <laughs> but, but I'm telling you this, and, 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 and I can prove it to you. <laughs> I can prove it to you. And I want you to know that I really honor when, when people do this. But remember when we used to shift in the morning, and I remember I used to stand up here, and I would tell people, hey, I really want you to talk to someone new today. I want you to talk to someone you don't know. I don't want you to talk to your friends. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or I say, talk to someone you don't know. Be uncomfortable and step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. But you know what that unconsciously does? subconsciously does, you've created two levels of friends in your mind. You've already created two categories. So the moment service is over, you're like, peace out. I'm going to hang out with my real friends. (laughs) But is that the truth? If it's outside of Connection Sunday, it's like, oh, okay, I did my my ministry. I did the good thing that I'm supposed to do. Now I'm going to hang out with my real friends. You've separated the sphere. But I want you to know something. Jesus never does that. So what we're going to talk about today is the secret how Jesus approaches all his relationships. It's all of his relationships. Yeah. I'll prove it to you in another sphere. I won't just use church. You could do this at work. Yeah. You could say, I'm going to work. These people, they're not my friends. That, my boss, he's not my friend. He's my boss. Yeah. My coworkers, they're not my friends. They're my coworkers. Huh. But isn't it interesting at the same time, have you ever met people who have really good relationships with their coworkers? Yeah. How's that possible? <laughs> just a question. Or you could say, oh, when I go, when, when I have a business, these are just my clients. Yeah. These, these are just business partners. Yeah. But how is it that sometimes I meet people, I meet, I meet owners of restaurants and owners of companies, owners of small businesses where their customers love them. Yeah, yeah. Why is that? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Or even, I'll, I'll take another level, even your family. Huh. I could say, oh, that's just my sister. Huh. Oh, that's just my brother. Isn't it interesting? I've seen siblings that are not close, and I've seen siblings that are like this. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So what's the secret? What's the difference? I want you to know that Jesus mastered three concepts in how he approaches all relationships. But the point is, is that he made room for friendship wow. in every relationship yeah. because he understood this, that friendship is the beginning of how a relationship actually becomes intimate. Wow. And I want you to know again that word intimacy has nothing to do with sex. Yeah. It's talking about real connection. Yeah. Yeah. But he understood that every relationship has the potential for real connection. So good. But he has to do these three things. Yeah. We have to do these three things. Is it me, Daniel? Okay, thank you. We have to do these three things. Okay, guys? You guys ready for that? One last example. One last example. I feel, I feel so convicted in the spirit. For those of you who are married... Or in a relationship. Yeah. Can I tell you something? You really want to connect with your spouse? Don't romance them. Huh. Be their friend first. Wow. I'm going to say that one more time. Don't romance them. Be their friend first. Because huh. when you're their best friend, oh, it's easy to romance. Huh. It's easy. Huh. 
It's easy. But if you just romance and you're not their friend, wow. you know what that says? That says that all you want, well, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, girls, if there's a boy out there where all he wants is give you flowers and chocolate, but he don't ask you how you're doing, huh. you better walk away. Because he don't care about you on a personal level, and he ain't your friend. Yeah. Then he doesn't deserve to be your lover. Wow. I'm going to keep it right now. So I'm going to tell you right now, this secret that Jesus is giving is for all relationships. Wow. But I just choose to ask if yeah. you would please use it here in our spiritual community. Because yeah. when we do it here, yeah. it's the most powerful. So good. All right, so let's get into it. Yeah. First thing that Jesus says in verse 15, or verse 12, excuse me, he says, love one another as I have loved you. Yeah. That word love in Greek is agapao. Yeah. It's agape. And I know you all know what that means, but that's a problem because I feel like we don't really know what agape love means. So how many times have you guys heard this? Agape love is the most deep love, the, big, the greatest love. It's sacrificial and unconditional. Yes, it is those things. But you know what's funny as human beings? When we hear that word that it's sacrificial and unconditional, do you know what you automatically do subconsciously? You automatically make it a love that's devoid of affection. You automatically make it into duty and, 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 and into religious duty. Because wow. you're sacrificing, right? Yeah. It's unconditional. Yeah. So it's no matter how I'm feeling, I'm going to do this. And that's not bad. But we've gone all the way on this other side of the spectrum where now it has no affection at all. Wow. Did you know that the Greeks and the Romans, when they talked about this concept, love is very complicated. They understood that all types of love are not compartmentalized, but they actually overlap at certain wow. points. Yeah, yeah. But they focus and are emphasized by different things. Yeah. So agape love is not devoid of affection. It just doesn't emphasize affection. It's just not centered around affection. Yeah. It's just not fueled by affection. Yeah. It's just not started by affection. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's devoid of affection. Yeah. It's just not, that's not the main point. The main point is to give myself to you yeah. unconditionally, yeah. but with affection. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you, I just want to ask you a question. Yeah. Do you think that that's how Jesus thought of you? Because agape love, right, yeah. is the love that Jesus bestows upon us. Yeah. Do you really believe in your heart of hearts that Jesus, when he was hanging on the cross, he's like, I have no affection for these people. <laughs> <laughs> Father, I'm just doing what you told me. <laughs> Lord, I... I I don't like any of them, but I got to love them. <laughs> no, really, I'm asking. I want you to know, actually, I was actually told that theology before by somebody else. I don't have to like you, but I have to love you. I thought about that for a second when that person said that to me. And I was like, if someone really said that to me, I would not feel loved by that statement. I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, wow, you are so righteous. I would not say that. I'd be like, oh. oh I'd be like, oh. You don't have to. It's okay. <laughs> like, don't, like don't, don't, don't hurt yourself. It's okay. That, we missed the whole point of what agape love is. Yes, agape love is sacrificial. Yes, agape love is unconditional. But it's not without warmth and affection. Come on, guys. Do you really think that your father, that Jesus, thinks of you that way? Mm, you must think more of your father. You must think more of your savior. But How? So now you're all wondering, but how? How do I have affection for anyone random who walks in the door? Yeah. So here's the key. Agape love is actually rooted in two things. And this is, to me, the best definition that I can give wow. you. It's a cherishing of somebody through honest appreciation 
and high regard for them as an individual. I'm going to break that down for you. It's a cherishing of somebody through genuine appreciation and high regard for them as an individual. So I'm going to break that down for you. Cherishing. What I mean by cherishing is I'm not saying like lovey-dovey, like, oh, I cherish you. Like, 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 I'm not not talking about that. It's a general concern for their well-being and protection. That's what it is. You are an important person because you are made in the image of God. And I care about your well-being and and your protection. That's what it's, it's a genuine concern for that. And how is that done? That's through appreciating them. Appreciation. Appreciation. That every person, by virtue of being made in the image of God, by being given the breath, the ruah of God, is beautiful. And that God has placed pieces of his glory inside of them. But do you actually believe that? Now I know it gets complicated because sin is very real, right? Sin is corruption, right? And it comes, and yes, and it covers that. But I want you to know the theology of that. It doesn't compromise or change what God put in them. It covers it. It covers it. Okay? Then there's a tension that there's two things simultaneously living inside of all of us. But the glory and the beauty of God's love is that God looks beyond that. Not that it's not there, but God chooses to look deeper and say, yes, I know you're sinful, and yes, I know you've done wrong, but I see my Father in you. Wow. You just don't know it. Yeah. That's what appreciation is. Mm. That even the most twisted and messed up person, if you pray and ask the Father, he will give you appreciation for his very son and daughter. Yeah. Because he died for that person, yeah. and he hasn't given up on them. Yeah. And how dare we do, the, yeah. do that that God yeah. would not do. So that's what appreciation is. It's looking beyond the covering of sin that we all have. Don't we all have that? Yeah. And wouldn't you appreciate someone who saw something in you that you couldn't even see in yourself? That's a godly love. Second one, high regard. High regard. This is about their value. Mm. They're valuable. They are an important person. They're not just some guest who comes in on Sunday that you have to shake their hand or elbow bump them. Sorry, pre-COVID language. Okay? (laughs) They are an important person person, that you honor every person that you meet on the sidewalk. They're a person just like you and that you hold them in high regard. What does that mean, high regard? That means you choose to celebrate what's good about them and then you graciously work with them on their weaknesses and cover them. I'm going to say that one more time. How do you hold someone in high regard? Is that you celebrate the good that you see in them and then you graciously walk with them in their weakness. Now, I won't say this one more time because high regard does not mean you just honor everybody with a blank slate and act like their weaknesses aren't there. I'm not saying that. This is not feel-good preaching. This is real. I'm not saying deny their weakness and their mistakes. But you celebrate, not their mistakes. You celebrate what's good in the Father in them. You celebrate the goodness in them, and then you lovingly help them with their weakness. Mm. Do you guys feel that? That's a God they love. Yeah. That's what Jesus meant. Okay? That's the secret. That's the first step. Step two, Jesus made room for, for friendship in all relationships through openness. Openness. That's a very vague word, so I got to define that for you. Okay? Openness. Jesus says in verse 16, he says, you are, you are no longer servants. No longer do I call you servants because servants do not know their master's business, but I call you friends. 
because all that the Father has told me, I have made known to you. What is Jesus saying here? Now, again, there's actually more in these two verses than I'm going to tell you, okay? But I'm pulling out the contrast that Jesus is making between a servant and a friend. He's contrasting two relationships. Now, interestingly, you have to notice this. He says, no longer do I call you servants. That means at one time the disciples were servants, right? Do you guys catch that flow, right? Yeah. He's, so he's saying, no longer do I call you servants. Yeah. Now, it's interesting. In this verse, there's nothing here that tells us that that relationship has actually changed. So you have to understand, again, that point that I made earlier, yeah. that, it's a, that there are multiple layers to their relationship. Yeah. So Jesus is saying, Jesus is, no long, Jesus is not saying he's no longer the master. He still is the master, yeah. right? He's not saying, you're no longer my disciples. He's just adding something to their relationship. Do you guys feel that? He's adding something to their relationship. And he's choosing to offer friendship to people that were before servants and disciples. Do you see that? That's openness. That's understanding that in any relationship, there's potential for friendship. If you choose. And if the other person reciprocates. Now, the other interesting point is that at the very table... There's actually two groups of disciples. There's the three, and then there's the other nine. Do you guys know who the three are? The three are Peter, James, and John. And they're special because they have been given unique experiences with Jesus that none of the other disciples have. If you remember, when Jesus went onto the mountain and was transfigured before them, he brought up who? He brought up Peter, James, and John. John. When he went to Jairus' house, the synagogue leader, to heal his daughter who had died. He pushed everybody out of the house and only allowed Jairus in and three disciples, Peter, James, and John. And so, interestingly, right? But Jesus didn't make a distinction at the table. He called them all friends. He didn't say, oh, wait, 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 I only met, I only met Peter, James, and John. <laughs> not, not, not you guys. I, and it's interesting because he said to all of them yeah. that I've revealed all of what the Father has spoken to me, to yeah. all of you. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So how did, can Jesus say that he's revealed everything to all of them when that's not true technically because two of them or a group of them got two special experiences that no one else got? Yeah. The point is it's just about openness. Don't focus on that. Jesus is not talking about that. Jesus is creating a contrast That's the point of what he's trying to say. He's offering friendship to all of them. But the difference is that the three responded in a greater way. But Jesus understood that friend can have multiple levels. It doesn't mean less than, less important, less appreciative, less regard. It just means that we haven't built up our intimacy yet. But my openness for it is there. But Jesus says, it's up to you. That's the posture we need to have, guys. I'm not saying you have to be everybody's best friend. But I'm saying that when you come to lineage, do you have a posture that says, I'm open? And you know what? I'm open, and we'll see where it goes. I'll share a little bit of my heart. Maybe you'll reciprocate. We'll see where it goes. And we'll let the Lord help us figure out where's the best landing spot. Did you know that Jesus actually had more than two levels of friends? He actually had another level where he had 72. In Luke 10, he sends out the 72. They're not just anybody because he gave them a very, very specific charge. He told them to go out and preach the gospel and to heal the sick and to cast out demons. So they're not just random people. They're they're disciples. I would qualify them as disciples, but they're not the 12. 
So he has the three, he has the nine, he has the 72. I can't do that math in my head, so just, just bear with me. Yeah. So 72, oh, 60, okay? So he has the three, the nine, the 60. Yeah. And then actually, even when he taught, he had a bunch of people following him around, yeah. right? The crowd, yeah. the thousands, right? Isn't it interesting? But how, do you, how, did the, how did the 72 come out of the crowd? I don't know. I'll throw one more curveball at you. Do you guys know that very special family that Jesus is very close with? Mary of Bethany? Yeah. Mary and Martha? Yeah. And their brother Lazarus? Yeah. Well, who are they? How do they fit into this? Are, yeah. they, I mean, are they the 72? They're not the 12. They're not yeah. the 3. They're yeah. not the 9. I mean, I mean, are they the 1,000? I, mean, yeah. I mean, are they disciples? Are they yeah. just friends? Huh. Can I tell you the truth? It doesn't matter. Yeah. They're his friends. Yeah. Jesus understood that even my friends don't all have to be disciples, and my disciples don't all have to be friends. Yes. It's just relationship. Right. It's just different. Yes. But I'm offering friendship yeah. to anyone who is willing. Wow. I have a posture of openness. Yes. That's why you can take it to your business partners. You can take it to your boss, your coworkers, your classmates, your teachers, your family. It can be to anyone. Yeah. Jesus didn't have this boxed-in, compartmentalized life. Wow. He just welcomed anyone who wanted to hear his heart, yeah. and he would hear theirs. Yeah. That's openness, guys. So I'm going to give you two practical things real quick mm. about how we actually operate in openness. Mm. One, very simply, is for you to resist the temptation to believe that you have enough friends. Mm. It's for you to resist the temptation to believe that you have enough friends. Because yeah. let me tell you something. Jesus don't need nobody. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So if Jesus has friends... I think you can make space in your life for friends. Because yes. Jesus don't need nobody. Right, right. Jesus could have been like, bam, I'm here. Don't need you 12. I got this. Y'all fell asleep in the garden anyway. Y'all ran away anyway. You didn't help me at all. I'm just going to go up here and just die. Like, I don't need y'all. Jesus didn't do it because he needed friends. You had to get that word out of your mind. Jesus made friends. Because it gives life joy, and it gives life beauty. Focus on that. It's not about, I need friends, or they give me something, or I'm going to benefit from it. It's because relationships, guys, give life beauty and joy. That's why God did it. That's why Jesus did it. So get that mentality out of your mind. So then secondly, that you look at anyone and realize that they could, if we were to walk together, man, there'd be so much beauty and joy. Yeah. That's the one thing I want you to say. Yeah. Man, if we were walk, to walk together, there'd be so much beauty and joy yeah. in both of our lives. Yeah. I could look at anyone in this room right now, and, um, and honestly, in my heart, I could say, if we were to walk together, man, there'd be so much beauty and joy in yeah. our lives. Yeah. Just, just from our friendship. Not even, that, that's, just, that's just the first level. That's not even like what God could do after that. Yeah. That's just at this level. On a personal level. That's openness. I'm going to land this plane. It's getting close. Last one. Really easy. Verse 17. Jesus says, I didn't, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Yeah. Really simple. Got to be intentional, guys. Yeah. Friendship doesn't just happen. Yeah. It doesn't. In so anything else, you're intentional. You're intentional about your career. You're intentional about your education. You're intentional about your finances. Well, I hope you are. Um, you got to be intentional about friendships. I know that's hard, and I know, and, and I'm sensitive to this, okay, because I was there. I know it's hard, and in, a, and in a perfect situation, someone will come up to you. I get it. I get it. 
Can I say that? I get it. Mm. That in a perfect situation, someone will come up to you. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Okay? I do. <laughs> I really do. But the burden of intentionality rests on all of us. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's not you or it is you. I'm saying it's all of us. Yep. It's equal. Yep. So you have good. to be intentional. Relationship doesn't just happen. Wow. You gotta be intentional. Wow. Now I know, oh, I feel in the spirit right now. When I hear intentionality, I'm hearing unconditional sacrificial love. I'm hearing people being like, oh, Pastor Jeremy told me I gotta talk to people and be intentional. So I'm gonna go right now and talk to people and be intentional and, and do my religious duty and do the right thing and do the Jesus thing. Okay, okay. So I know that I've kind of given you this weird catch-22, but I haven't. How do you make sure that your intentionality is also genuine? You go back to step one and two that I gave you. Because if you truly cherish somebody and appreciate them with high regard, and that you truly believe in your heart that if you were to walk together, there would be beauty and joy in your life, oh, that's genuine. Oh, that's genuine. That's genuine intentionality right there. But if you don't have those five things... You better stop yourself. Then don't talk to that person yet. You better make sure, I'll say it one more time, you better make sure you love them by cherishing them with appreciation and high regard, truly believing that they could add beauty and joy if you were to walk together. Then you can be intentional. Don't do it until you do that. All right, guys? So I'm going to land this plane and tell you the story. I'm going to finish the story real quick. I will keep him anonymous because I think he would rather be that way. But after I stood awkwardly in the corner, and if any of you have been at the Verdi Club, you actually know that at the end of the bar on the right-hand side, it's actually a corner. <laughs> on the far right, it's actually a corner. And I stood there, and I froze. I remember as I turned around, there was a smiling face. A smiling face. And he reached out his hand, and he said to me, hey, I'm so-and-so. Is this your first time? I said, yeah. And he began to share with me his life. And he asked me how I was, where I was coming from, why I came, who I knew. And you know what? I can tell you right now, and this guy knows who he is. I don't need to tell you. And now we've walked together for four or five years. And I'll tell you, actually, it's actually very important to me, this relationship. Because he's actually, he's actually black. And he's my first black friend. Yeah, and that's real life, you know, Kendra? And then you know what? That meant a lot to me, that a black man will walk up to an Asian man. I mean that with all my heart. And that relationship changed my life forever. Changed how I saw race forever. Changed how I saw relationships forever. I'm I'm so serious. And he's the biggest reason I came back the second Sunday. Because I guarantee you, if no one talked to me, I want to walk right out that door. Yeah. And I want to tell you, I'm not that special. I'm just Jeremy. But then the Lord saw that, and now I'm standing here preaching to you. Isn't that weird how God works? Yeah. But yeah. we don't know who God's going to bring into our midst. Wow. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be amazing people that walk into this room yeah. that God wants to add to our community wow. and take us to a higher level as a community of believers yeah. where we all bring our gifts together. And that we could do life together and build wow. the kingdom together. So good. But if it wasn't for that one person mm. who he truly loved me, someone he never saw in his life, wow. someone he never met, someone who had nothing in common with him, 
He was open to friendships. This guy, if you know him, he's a master at friendships. Yeah. He makes friendships everywhere he goes. Yeah. He didn't need me. Wow. I needed him. Wow. He didn't need me. Yeah. And he wow. was 100% intentional. Wow. He wasn't like, oh, wait till next week. He'd probably come back. Huh. I might not have. That changed my life. Wow. I want to let you know, that's what real covenant friendship can do. Wow. It can change life. Wow. So close your eyes. We're going to pray right now. So God, I just want right now, I believe right now, the first step, the most important is the first step. That if we right now turn our hearts to truly cherish any person as an individual wow. because they are made in the image of our beautiful Father and that they are a child of God, that is the first step, guys, to breaking down this wall that we compartmentalize our friendships and call our church friends church friends, and then we have real friends elsewhere. Is that we don't truly appreciate one another and look at the good and celebrate the good while covering and graciously walking in the weakness. That if we were to truly cherish each other with authentic appreciation and high regard, that it could dramatically change every relationship in this room every relationship in this room so right now in your heart just begin to search yourself and say Holy Spirit would you speak to me right now God why is it hard for me to appreciate so and so why is it hard for me to appreciate this person or this group of people I'm keeping it real right now guys because if we don't address it it will never change if you don't let the Holy Spirit in healing will never come so I'm asking you right now that you would actually say Lord, why is it hard for me to hold this person in high regard? What about it? Maybe it's something wrong with me. Then heal that in me. Why is my vision and my perspective on them so, so jaded? Lord, heal that. Help me see them through your eyes, God. Help me honor them the way that you do, God. Help me love them the way that you do, God, because you died for this individual. You died for this group of people, and they are important to you, God. How dare I say that they're not important when you gave your very life for that person? So God, help me right now. Holy Spirit, I pray right now, as every heart is tuned into you right now, that you would begin to just touch hearts right now, God. The Holy Spirit, you would go right now amongst the room and begin to pinpoint right now, God, people that are hard for us to appreciate, people that are hard for us to honor and to give authentic regard for, God, that you would begin to right now sweep across, across the room and would you change our hearts, God, to truly love with agape love. It's not without affection. Come on. It's not without affection. It's with appreciation and regard. And when we appreciate and regard somebody, oh, the affection comes. The affection will come. Come on, church. Secondly, I want to pray for those of you who feel like, I'm good. I got so many friends. I know some of you guys are on Instagram, have like 10,000 followers. I get it. But they're not really your friends. We're moving on. So I want you to know that Jesus didn't need friends that God in this moment you would help us to get rid of that word in our mind it's not about needing friends it's not about needing relationship but it's about being open and understanding that every relationship has dramatic potential great potential for beauty and joy to be unlocked in both of us if we were to walk together dramatic potential that if we were to walk together the uniqueness of me with the uniqueness of you oh amazing things would happen. And it's not about need, but it's about the potential for something amazing to happen in both of our lives if we were to walk together. Come on, let's begin to pray right now. Yes, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus right now. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lord, would you open our hearts right now? Open our hearts to friendship right now, God, in any moment. And you know what? It could be also for your family. It could also be for your workplace. It could also be for your business partners. It could also be for your classmates. It could be for anything that, Lord, you would open us to friendship. You would open us to friendship. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last thing, last thing right now, last thing right now. Third step is intentionality, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if you were ready, would you ask the Lord to highlight one person to you? One person that you kind of know, kind of felt bad because you were supposed to talk to them, but you walked away. You made that awkward eye contact, and you turned the other way and walked out. (laughs) You guys know what I'm talking about. (laughs) You had small talk, but it wasn't real. (laughs) Maybe they asked you to go to coffee, and you lied, and you said you were busy, but you weren't. (laughs) I'm keeping it real right now. Or you made an appointment, and then later on you canceled last minute. (laughs) I'm asking you, would you be intentional and reach out to that person? Would you be intentional and strike up a conversation? Would you be intentional and say, hey, man, I don't know you, but I want to get to know you. Because I believe that if we were to walk together, man, there'd be great beauty and joy in our lives. And something crazy could happen. Come on, come on, church. Come on, come on. Mm, mm, Yeah, yeah. We're about to end right now. Mm. If you are ready, just as your sign to the Lord that you will be a person of your word and be intentional. If you are ready, including those of you online, could you just simply just put your hand over your heart and say, I'm ready. I'm ready to be open to real friendship. I'm ready to really agape love people. Not without affection, but with affection that's rooted in appreciation and regard. And you say, I'm ready. That you make, a, you make an oath to the Lord today that I'm ready. And I'm going to have an open posture like Jesus for friendships at any level. At any level. Let kingdom friendships come, God, from any place, from anywhere, from any sphere. And that I'm always ready and open for friendship. Because, God, amazing things can happen if I'm open to it. And I'm open to your people. Come on. So, Lord, right now in this holy moment, we come to you as one house, as one community. Lord God, Jesus, would you teach us every day, over and over again, the secret and the power of being open to friendships, God. That you understood that your disciples were not just disciples, they weren't just students, they weren't just servants, but that they were also your friends. And so God, would you teach us, show us, God, Jesus, show us by your beautiful example. Let us be a community that is just like you, that we truly agape love each other, that we're open to friendship with one another at any level, at any level. But it will always be authentic. It will always be genuine. And it will always be rooted in appreciation and regard. That's the truth. So God, let lineage be that place. Let us be that kind of community. And that when people walk in, they know it's authentic and real. That it's not something that's a religious duty, but it's from our hearts. And that we see the good in them because they are made in the image of God. Lord, would you you make us a powerful community that welcomes in the nations. We love you, God. We open our hearts to you, Lord. We honor you this morning, God. We love you, and we thank you for being here with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can you give God some praise?